You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Duma on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Big Show Hour 4, welcome to the program. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, wet basement. We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Getting closer and closer to the opening night of the NHL season. That'll go on next Tuesday. The Flames will have their opener on Wednesday. Uh, The team up the road. Big expectations, though, this year. We go uh, up to QE2 and talk to the Athletics' Daniel Nugent Bowman on all things Edmonton Oilers. Daniel, thank you very much for joining me this morning. How are we? Not bad. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Friday, long weekend. Uh, Hockey's almost here. Uh, I want to say, like, obviously... I don't need to tell you the expectations. I don't think the players need to know the expectations that, you know, it's Stanley cup is, is the, is the goal for this team is the, is the team around the vibe around camp. Do they, are the players carrying themselves with that same, like, yeah, Hey, we can be a Stanley cup team. We're a contender. Do they carry that same vibe that you're getting? Oh, I think so. I mean, it all stems from when they were eliminated for, uh, from the playoffs in the second round by the golden Knights. Uh, in May and, and Leon Dreisaitl uh, the day after or maybe two days later uh, really dropped that gauntlet saying that this is copper bus time and it, it truly is. I mean, uh, he's got two more years on his contract. McDavid has three. Um, this team, this is the cup window. Like, uh, you know, they, they've had some half-decent runs in the last couple of years, but uh, anything short of, of getting to the Stanley Cup final or, you know, I think in their minds winning the Stanley Cup uh, it would be a, it would be a failure, and and uh, there's no reason to think that this team can't get there, uh, can't be right in that mix. I mean, there are 32 teams in the league, um, and there's a lot of parity, and a lot can happen throughout the course of the year, and and in playoffs, you know, a lot comes down to injuries and mm-hmm. and matchups and goaltending and things like that. Some some of which is as little out of teams' control. Um, but the others stand as good a chance as, as pretty much anyone in the league to win the Stanley Cup, and and they've got a veteran team. Uh, they know it. They're a very business-like group, and have been um, uh, throughout the course of not even not only training camp and, and preseason, but before that, uh, Connor McDavid calling in, um, you know, everyone a couple weeks earlier mm-hmm. than, than than usual into captain skates uh, to get this team ready to go. So, um, you know, I, I don't see any reason why this team can't be right in at the very end. Uh, goaltending obviously was a was a question mark last year. You signed the, the, the Oilers signed Jack Campbell, uh, long-term deal. Obviously not a great year for Soupy, but so far so good, at least in camp and preseason, he's been showing that he can maybe get back to that level and can be a, a number one. I mean, that's goaltending, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many goaltenders <laughs> in this league can can you count on year after year? I, I would say there's like, it's, it's maybe very, one hand. Very short you can probably count them on yeah, one hand. I, I, I would say about five. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, just no question Jack Campbell's season last year was, was downright atrocious. Um, you know, by any statistical measure, he was a, about a five bottom five goaltender mm-hmm. in the league. Now, and, and really, like, you know, the others, to their credit and what they're supposed to do, they pumped him up all year and they, they tried to say how important he was to the team. But if you look at the numbers and you look at the usage, he was basically the backup goaltender by American Thanksgiving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a guy that signed, uh, you know, the five-year, $5 million deal, that's, that's, a, that's a terrible result, uh, seeing the crease to a rookie like that. 
Um, Stuart Skinner, to his credit, he basically, you know, obviously Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl had great seasons. Um, you know, Zach Hyman, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, with career years as well. Um, you know, they, they really were, were augmented on the back end when Matthias Ekholm came. But really, um, you could say the Stuart Skinner saved their season. Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't have the goaltending from him that they did, uh, it's hard to know where the others would have been, um, you know, into, you know, as we got into February, March by the trade deadline. So, um, but, you know, back to your original question, I mean, Jack Campbell, yeah, he's, he's looked really, really great uh, in training camp and, and Stuart Skinner a little less so, but I think that that kind of speaks to the position where it's, it's so fickle. You don't know exactly what you're going to get every year. And they think they have two guys that, that can play well. Um, Campbell, I think was 888 last year, uh, Skinner 914 in terms of their save percentages. Mm-hmm. You know, you think Skinner will fall back a little bit and Campbell will increase, but if they could get, you know, close to 910 or around there, uh, you know, from, from each guy or they should be in a really good spot with the way this team produces offensively. Mm-hmm. So um, they, their Western conference team that the travels has terrible travel, like, like Calgary, yep. um, they need two goaltenders and, and they think they could, they're in a better spot this year to get that um, compared to what they, what they ended up getting last year. And I think that's just, that's the, what we're seeing around the league. You saw what Vegas did with, with their goaltending tandem, gone to Stanley cup, LA, what they're doing, playing with two goalies and making, 1.5 million between the two of them. It just feels like you need two guys uh, to go to lead you down into a season through an 82 game grind if you want to be successful nowadays. I think that's true. Uh, I mean, and even if you do have that one guy, Vasilevsky, who's yep. now hurt, I yep. mean, uh, Hellebuck, mm-hmm. uh, again, we're, we're, you know, like this is a list, it's, it's very short, <laughs> uh, very small. Um, you know, you can wear those guys down in, yep. in the playoffs or, you know, by the time you get there. And, um, uh, you know, Jack Campbell clearly was supposed to be, when they signed him, a guy that was supposed to carry the load a bit more. You know, they they looked at it when they signed him, probably about like a, you know, a 50 game to 30 game-ish uh, split between he and Skinner. But if you're moving it closer to the 40-40 range and, and, and getting good goaltending, not great goaltending, but just good goaltending from mm-hmm. those two, I think this team should be fine. Jay Rudcroft says uh, he's going to fit this team like a glove. Your latest piece at The Athletic on the lone big signing from the offseason. Talk to us about Connor McDavid's new right winger, Connor Brown. We only got to see him four games last year with Washington before he got injured. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that kind of um, fits what the Oilers are trying to do right now, right? Like, he's a veteran guy, uh, 29 years old, I think turns 30 in, in, in January. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, coming off of a pretty yeah, devastating injury yeah. last year where he only played four games, but um, everyone kind of knows what to expect from this player. Like he's got some offense, some, you know, some good offense, uh, you know, in the, in the shortened uh, Canada only year in 2021, he had, you know, I think it was 21 goals mm-hmm. in 56 games. Yep. Um, you know, so he's hit 20 goals a couple times, you know, that, that prorates to a, you know, a 31 goal campaign. So he can put the puck in the net, but, you know, they want him for, you know, being a good teammate, being a good penalty killer, being responsible, um, kind of just fitting that, that top six well. Um, and obviously he has the built-in, lots of built-in connection with, um, with Connor McDavid being former, um, former junior teammates. Mm-hmm. And, and they did share the same agent before um, <laughs> their current agent, or, or I guess now former agent Jeff Jackson joined the, joined the team there in, in, uh, in I guess it was early August. Um, so, yeah, lots of connections. They know each other really well. Connor McDavid make, made the sales pitch to him. Um, and when he's going to uh, Ken Holland saying, yeah, sign this guy, you don't 
typically say no, especially with the circumstances um, where they can get Brown on a, <clears throat> a very team-friendly deal, obviously very bonus uh, bonus-laden mm-hmm. uh, contract, but but at least for the cap with them like so many other teams being in a cap crunch, they can get him in uh, for this year and worry about next year later. Um, he fits well. And, and I mean, um, they have some guys on the lineup or in the lineup rather, you know, like uh, Dylan Holloway, mm-hmm. Warren Fogle, maybe even uh, who knows, maybe even Raphael Lavoie, although uh, he's his spot on the team is not set in stone quite yet, but they have some guys that can move up the, uh, move up the lineup and they, and they, those guys in the top six, although they look like they're, they're, um, they're quite set. Uh, guys like Connor Brown, Zach Hyman, even Ryan Nugent Hopkins are guys that can move down. Uh, and, and if you want to kind of build your team more in a, in a three line capacity rather than, you know, more so too from an offensive perspective. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have a lot of balance with this team and, and Connor Brown fits in, in very well. You mentioned Dylan Holloway there. He's entering his third year of pro hockey, 51 games last year with the big club. Where's his future lie with this group right now? I think obviously there's, there was high, high expectations for him being a first round pick. Uh, he's 22 now. Is it go time for, for Holloway? Well, it is. And I, th- I mean, I think the organization would like to see that, but um, and I think you, you, you obviously know this and kind of alluded to it maybe a little bit in your question where third year, but he's had a lot of injuries, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, missed a lot of time and, and 51 games. Um, with the big club last year, and that he got kind of got sent down in, in a bit of a cap crunch when Evander Kane uh, came back, yeah. and, and they needed to clear some room from from LTIR. But then he got injured in his first game back in in Bakersfield, and that was kind of the end of um, him. It was the end of his his time, you know, with the Oilers last year. They you know they brought him up as a a black ace in the playoffs, but um, you know every time it seems like he, there's a little bit of headway, or you know they can use him in the right situation he's gotten hurt and and that's not the full story i mean the the rope's been very short on him Mm -hmm. uh you know he he broke camp last year an amazing camp i think five or six goals in the preseason uh and then started in the top six and didn't even last a period after he made a turnover so um i think there are fans just just clamoring to see more uh get him getting more minutes and um it's it's hard to know exactly how that's going to come. You know, again, we talked about that top six being very veteran heavy, mm-hmm. uh, all these guys uh, earning those uh, top six spots on merit. Uh, so it's, it's very hard to see Holloway getting much time there. You know, ideally he'd play a third line because it doesn't seem like he's going to get much power play time, uh, at least initially. And they're trying to work him into the penalty kill, but they have a lot of guys who kill and he didn't do it much last year. So if they can get him some, some third line minutes next to Ryan McLeod, probably Warren Fogle, um, you know, that line can, can create some speed and, and very good on four check. And, and I think, uh, you know, the numbers are probably going to be pretty lean for Holloway in terms of production, but if he can kind of make um, some headway in terms of gaining a bit more of the coaching staff's trust uh, and having a bit more, um, you know, getting a bit more ice time to have a bit more impact on this team, I think, um, you know, that, that will get the ball rolling for him uh, truly in his NHL career. We're chatting with uh, Daniel Nugent-Bowman uh, from The Athletic, Oilers writer. Uh, this defense core, obviously adding Matias Ekholm last year, I think a lot of p- uh, people around the league, we, they love that addition of Matias Ekholm. It, it just rounded out that defense core that was maybe missing uh, maybe missing at that one piece. Do you think this, as the as a six, Nurse, CeCe, Ekholm, Bouchard, Kulak, DeHarnay, like, this is a, a, a six that can be an, a, a, not maybe not an elite Defense core, but just maybe good enough that can you know help out the goaltending and can be part of add to that really good forward group. 
And we'll add Philip Broberg to that mix. Yeah, Philip Broberg, um, of course. Who, who, yeah, I mean, they're going to play, or they have under Jay Woodcroft played a lot of 11 and 7. Um, with this 12th forward spot being a little in flux right now, I, you know, I could totally see them playing, uh, you know, using that, that format, uh, you know, a fair, a fair bit this year. I think they're kind of leaning a little bit toward uh, going more the traditional 12 and 6. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's no question that, you know, that's their seven guys. Those are their seven guys. The issue with um, camp, the biggest probably issue with camp, is Matias Ekholm has been out with a hip flexor mm-hmm. uh, injury, and they've been they've been kind of shuffling the defense uh, pairings a bit, uh, where Darnell Nurse is going to play with Evan Bouchard, uh, where the, you know he and CC and Nurse that is uh, you know they they really struggled in the playoffs. They had their ups and downs, yeah. but really the playoffs is where they 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 kind of got uh, eaten alive a little bit there, uh, and so p- putting Bouchard who the, the the two of them had a little bit of time together a couple of years ago. I'm um, still working out. I, I would say they're still working out some kinks in the preseason, but if you can get, basically, I, I think they're trying to emulate uh, uh, Vegas's defense where you have three good pairs uh, and, and CC and Kulak are going to be, it sounds like they're going to be a third pair, which, which kind of suits them well, you know, uh, guys that can take on a little bit tougher minutes, but yeah. you know, don't have to veteran uh, guys. And then I think you're going to see Matias Ekholm try to, as he did with Evan Bouchard, really try to mentor um, the next, uh, I would say, young guy, but uh, if it's Vincent Darnay, he's 27, so I'll say more in it, less experienced or inexperienced mm-hmm. guy uh, along, right? And and logically for the organization, uh, that would be Philip Broberg, who, uh, you know, is kind of in that same um, scenario, for lack of a better word, as, as uh, Dylan Holloway, where he's uh, last year of his entry-level contract, you're still learning what this player can do. You've seen some signs, but but not quite there yet. And and with Ken Holland's first draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. So a guy that they they have a lot of um, you know equity in, and and, and they, they really want to see succeed. Uh, coach really likes Vincent Deharnay, though, so it'll be very in- interesting to see um, how they work. You know those two guys, or, or how they're going to work those two guys with Ekholm. And that's where not having Ekholm around for training camp has been a huge detriment to this team. And uh, I don't think he's going to play tonight because he hasn't skated with the, with the club yet uh, in terms of practicing. Um, but they all signs do point to, okay. or, or I should say, Jay Woodcroft has been very uh, adamant that he will play in the in the season opener next uh, next Wednesday in Vancouver. But I think this defense core is good. I, I don't think you've seen this. Is, I don't think this is going to be how um, it finishes. How it ends up in the playoffs? Yeah. yeah I, by the time we get to the playoffs, I mean that's a, a top four defenseman or at least another mm. solid yeah. uh, regular is is something that this team is missing along with the with along with a uh, with a fourth line center and I think those are the two holes um, that will be uh, front and center uh, heading toward the trade deadline. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Leon Drysaddle. He's entering uh, the, the second of his. Or he's got two years left, I should say. And then McDavid's got three years. Uh, he said uh, he loves Edmonton. He wants to win a Stanley Cup in Edmonton. How much is these final two years, e- either getting to a Cup final, winning a Cup, tied to Drysaddle signing a long-term deal? Like, does he need to see results in the postseason for him to extend, or is he like, hey, I, I like it here. McDavid's here. This is a good spot. Uh, everything I've heard and, and, and everything, I, I, I don't see any issue with him being in Edmonton. You know, he's, yeah. he's grown up here. Yep. Uh, he's, he, he likes a lot of the guys. Uh, uh, like he's grown up with a lot mm-hmm. of these guys, likes them. But I, I can't BS you. Like I, it's too early for me to really give you mm-hmm. a solid answer sure. on that. I, I don't know. I mean, um, 
so much can happen in two years. Uh, he could win the Stanley Cup, and somebody could offer him fifteen million bucks, exactly. and he might just say, "Hey, hey, what? I got a cup, and I got. Hey, I'm gonna get. He's you gonna pay two lot, guys fifteen million? And, and <laughs> pardon me, you gonna pay two guys fifteen million? It's like yeah, yeah and, and that's, that's it too. I mean, can the Oilers afford both guys? It's hard. It's so hard to know right now. Yeah. Uh, how much is the cap going up? There's there's a million different different uh, permutations and and whatnot. Um, and when you have to remember, I mean, I think anyone listening to the show will say, oh, I'd love $8.5 million a year. <laughs> but um, Dreisaitl has been underpaid for the vast majority of this contract. Yep. He's been one of the guys that's been, um, you know, most underpaid in, in, you know, in the NHL. And it's, it's, again, weird to say that when no, we're talking about so much no, money. I get you. But I get you. Yeah. And so does he want to cash in on what will almost certainly be his – his last contract, if he's assuming he's going to sign for eight years. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I think he's got a lot probably to think about as, as McDavid does, but they have a lot of time to think about it, right? Like this, uh, he doesn't have to make this decision tomorrow or yep. or even uh, within the next few months. Like the earliest he can sign the contract is, is next July 1st. Exactly. And, um, you know, if he doesn't sign by the start of next season, I think these questions are going to come <laughs> a lot uh, more, more, uh, regularly than, than you know you know the, the odd time they get asked now but I, again I, I i as we talked about off the top i mean there's so much parity in the league that the oilers for the next two or three years are set up as well as anyone after that it's hard to know mm-hmm. um but if you want to kind of hitch your wagon to a team at least right now edmonton is as good as any but in two or two three years yep. who knows things can change very quickly I think we're done predicting the limits uh, of one Connor McDavid. He's only 150 points away from 1,000. Uh, do you think that he reaches that mark this year? I do. Yeah, yeah I do. Absolutely. Um, I thought at his peak, when I, this is my sixth season covering the team, and I thought at his peak he'd be a two-point-a-game player. So if he plays the full year, that's that's 164. Um, I mean, is a hundred assists? Is a hundred assists out of the question? Uh, maybe just just because of how much now he's scoring. Yeah, <laughs> like if, he likes if, to score if, now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if this was a couple years ago, yeah, and I, you know, I'm think I'm thinking like at some point he could maybe get to 164 points or something, you know, around a little bit more than he did last year, and he's scoring. 45 or something then okay yeah he's gonna he's gonna need 100 assists but now can he can he score 70 goals I, yeah. maybe i don't know um crosby so, thinks he can do it so yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah he kind of fluffed that off when we asked him about the other day but um yeah can he can he get 100 assists yeah i mean i i wouldn't put it past him especially with the power play showing no signs that it's going to slow down. Um, you know, the game, the scoring's gone up a little bit over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're getting to the point now. He's, he's going to be 27 in January where this is, we're kind of seeing maybe the end of Connor McDavid. Ah! That sounds sad to say, but uh, <laughs> Flames fans might like yeah, that. Down but, here it might be okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be the greatest player forever. I, uh, but, uh, I think there's, there's still a little bit more time, uh, maybe a couple more years. And again, his, his, when we talk about aging curves and stuff like his drop off is going to be, you know, Crosby esque where he's still a point of game and well more than a point of game. 
um, you know, into his early, maybe even mid thirties. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not talking about a, uh, you know, cataclysmic uh, fall off or anything like that. But um, yeah, if he's going to produce more, he's got about a year or two more to kind of do it before, and inevitably there'll be a little bit of a slowdown. But uh, yeah, to, to answer your question, I, I think he gets to a thousand points this year. And if he does, he'll, I believe he'll be the third uh, quickest player behind the, the two guys you would expect, yep. uh, Wayne and Mario, to, uh, to to hit that mark, which wow. is which is unbelievable in this day and age. Right? Didn't think, like, didn't think we could even yeah. eclipse uh, see a player that could do it, but who knows? Like they're just getting better. We don't know what Bedard can do. We don't know what the heck's after Bedard. These players are just getting better and better. Uh, I've got some sure. time for a couple more uh, with you, Daniel. Uh, opinion on the on the Pacific Division. I think we've bantered around on our show a few times as, as we think the Pacific Division might be the best division in hockey. Do you agree? Uh, I haven't thought about that. Um, it's certainly improved in the last couple of years. Uh, Despite you know, uh, what Anaheim and San Jose are doing, the rest of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe leave them <laughs> out of it. You know, I, I don't think Vancouver's as bad as people think. Nope, me neither. Uh, Calgary, to me, is a little bit of a weird team. I'm, I'm just kind of intrigued yep. to see how they do. I, I'm not really sure. Um, Seattle, I know a lot of people, especially the analytics community, community are, are, are anticipating a massive drop-off. If they can get some goaltending, I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not sure about uh, about the Kings. I mean, they've got a good team. I'm interested to see how, how Dubois fits in there. We talked about, you mentioned rather the goaltending yeah. uh, earlier. Um, I think the class of the division are the, you know, the Oilers and Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for the Oilers to win the division. And that will set them up a lot better. Uh, heading into the playoffs where I think not having home ice hurt them against the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you know, I, I think they were outclassed um, against uh, Colorado a couple of years ago in that series. But um, if they can win the division, win even win the conference, that will, will set them up very nicely. And I think they're, they're primed to do that. But uh, the Pacific, yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't really thought about it. Into, I'm just kind of thinking in my head as, as, I'm, as I'm talking here. It's, it's got to it, it, you know, a couple of years ago, it was it, not a very good division. At no, all. the the Atlantic probably has been the best for the last few years, but I think you know with what the Boston losses, Tampa feels like it's a regression uh, candidate. I think you know like the Pacific might have passed it. Yeah, I I I don't discount that. I mean, yeah, you have two elite teams to me, um, two terrible teams, and and, and yep. four good teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to kind of just to kind of spitball and do it, uh, you know, quickly yeah. on back of the napkin type of thing. Um, and so that, you know, to me, it sets it up for, to be a very good division. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see, I, I would say probably Vancouver is the worst of those, of those four in the yeah. middle, but uh, if they made the playoffs, I would not be shocked at all. You know, you get a full good year from, from Thatcher De- mm-hmm. Demko and mm-hmm. um, guys kind of bouncing back a full year of a new coach, those types of things. Any of those four teams to me can make the playoffs. Um, you know, with Vegas and, and Edmonton certainly in, and, and the uh, the two SoCal teams. Uh, sorry, I guess uh, you know the Sharks and and, uh, and the Ducks yeah. um, uh, at the very bottom. So uh, yeah, it's I would say it's uh, right up there in terms of the divisions in the league. Uh, and then uh, last one for you: excitement level to go back outdoors here. I don't, I don't know if you've been to an outdoor game. This might be your first, but uh, Edmonton and Cal are going outdoors uh, at the end of the month. Uh, how excited are you for that? I did cover one okay. outdoor game, and that was the 2018 World Juniors in Buffalo. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Interesting sight lines. Um, certainly a very cold day. I, the, the the interesting thing to me is uh, what's the weather going to be? Is it going to be yeah. 15 degrees, or is could it going to be, be minus 15 degrees? It could be. It could be maybe even 20 or minus 20. I think like in the ranges, it could is is 
could be quite dramatic. So exactly, um, it could could be. I'm, I don't know off the top of my head. I should know this, but what time puck drop is? But shadows, like there could be a lot of different uh, uh, things that could that could uh, come into play here. I think it's so, a five o'clock start. That's right. Yeah. It's a um, later. So yeah, it should be dark. And I was looking. Then. Or close to it. And I was looking at the uh, the weather almanac last year. Like Edmonton was 23 degrees on October 29th last year. So, yeah, I remember it was either last year. Or the, yeah, it was warm until Thanksgiving, and then it snowed. So, yeah. like, it, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and up. yeah, and um, I think there's a lot of excitement around this game, or there there will be once the season gets going sure. uh, even more. Um, you know these. It's a shame that it's hard, it's hard to predict, but it's a shame they didn't do it last year when they're coming off that that uh, Battle of Alberta series. But yeah. um, <laughs> and it, unbelievably, like these two teams, and we're not counting preseason games, obviously, but these two teams haven't played since the end of December of last year. It's so true. It's, um, it's, <laughs> and it's, I think that's uh, their first meeting this year, eh? right? I would assume. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, they haven't played each other for a long time too. Oh, boy. So. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a great game. Um, uh, just the atmosphere. I, I like, uh, you know, they got some different jerseys of yeah. course. And, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, like I said, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see Calgary this year. There's a lot of, as you guys know, down there, a lot of, uh, I would say turmoil <laughs> early in the, early in the off season and things seem to have kind of settled down a little bit. Feels and, clean. Uh, Feels clean around. Yeah. Here. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not still not sure exactly what to what to make of this team, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I think we'll, we'll find, start finding out pretty soon, and uh, a, a good matchup against their hated rivals will uh, will uh, get things going pretty early in the year. Can't wait, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, all the best this season. I'm sure we'll talk again very soon. All right, you take care. Thanks for having me on. No problem. There's Daniel Nugent Bowman uh, from the Athletic, covering all things Evans and Oilers. Great chat there about uh, uh, what to think of the Evans and Oilers uh, this season. Uh, GVP, you'll hold your opinion on the Oilers, mm-hmm. and if you might have them in your predictions coming up, a little uh, oil talk, they might come a up bit. a little bit later on in uh, in our next segment as we do uh, a little bit of an NHL season preview. Our predictions for the upcoming season. That's next as Big Show Hour Four continues on Sportsnet 960 Fan. Welcome back. Hour four of the big show, closing things down, heading out on a long weekend. It's Calgary Flames game day as well. Uh, we'll be on the air at seven o'clock with uh, Flames pregame show. Last preseason game of the Last year. Last one. Last one. I don't know. Are the roster's out? Did Patty tweet out rosters? Let me check the old Twitter machine here. Nice. Killing Not it yet. here. Nothing yet. Yeah, Not it's yet. probably because it's a late start out in mm-hmm. Vancouver and giving them some extra time. I wouldn't anticipate a uh, an NHL roster. It's probably whoever's left uh, trying to make a name for themselves. It's really trying to find that fourth line. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, I believe, will be getting the start as well in net. Uh, don't know about the Canucks. I don't know. I think this is their final preseason game as well. So uh might be... Uh, NHL's just got to standardize it, eh? I think. Just like... I I just thought you same know, amount of preseason games for everyone. Gordon that, Miller that makes sense. Gordon like, Miller from the old three letter had a good tweet yesterday. He was he mentions like why don't you just make standard across it? Everybody plays six preseason games, uh-huh. and then you take two of those. If somebody's playing eight, like the Flames, yeah. you take two of those, you tack them on, make it an eighty-four game regular season. That way, you play everyone in your division four times, and you play everybody else in the other division three times, and then you get to see everybody else in the other conference twice. It just balances it out. You don't have this, oh, well, Calgary's only playing, you know, 
I don't. I just don't know if people want to have a longer season. Like it's there's just there's two a whole games. debate. I know it's, it is the only and, and two and games. If the, but... And if the NHL did the right thing and started the season earlier, yeah, uh, like October one, mm-hmm. or even earlier than that. Like we, I, I feel like we've I've, been ready for hockey for like two and a half weeks. You know what I mean? I, 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 know. I know that would be super early. You get that but arbitrary, like, like oh, yeah. it's the first day of the year, the first day of the month. That feels like it's a good start. Like, if you want to start the second last Saturday in September or something like that, I don't know. It just we are playing too long into the year, and mm-hmm. I know it's 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 these mid June, late June Stanley Cups that are just getting crazy. But hey, it's a lot of hockey. Uh, but I, I thought you know, just adding like because they used to play eighty four regular season games. Back, uh, back in the nineties, so. I believe, like early nineties, I'm pretty sure they. I played. think they went from eighty to eighty two. I thought they played eighty four. I one could point. be wrong, but either way, it just it's whatever. Preseason ends tonight with Flames and Canucks at eight o'clock. We do have some audio from the Thirty Two Thoughts boys, uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, on uh, one Dustin Wolf. He was sent down yesterday. No surprise uh, among many here, as uh, as you've been li- if you've been listening around camp, it's they want Dustin Wolf playing, and he's going to get his best opportunity. Obviously, playing all the minutes for the Calgary Wranglers, he's going to be up here before you know it. He's going to get some starts. But uh, here's Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on uh, Dustin Wolf uh, and where he lies. You know, as for Dustin Wolf, here's the thing, Jeff. As talented as Dustin Wolf is, he had to beat someone out of a job. Like, honestly, I don't think it was really set up for Dustin Wolf to make that team. I think he really had to give Calgary a reason to put him on there because they have two goalies who need waivers, both of whom are signed, and they didn't want to lose Vladar for nothing. But the people who saw Wolf play more than I did, they said he didn't do enough to take the job. And that's what Dustin Wolf had to do. Like, I, I'm looking around. Like, Philly, Wade Allison wasn't on waivers on Thursday. But there was some talk that maybe Philly might have to do that because he's getting beat out by the likes of Bobby Brink. And when you're a young team like Philly, you know what John Tortorella is thinking. He's thinking, if you're going to be on this team, you're going to earn it. I'm not lying to the players. I'm trying to build a culture. They know who deserves to be on the team. And if you get beat out, you get beat out, and that's your problem. I think with Dustin Wolf, I think the Flames initially looked at it as he'll probably start the year in the minors. But I think if he really beat out on paper Vladar or Markstrom, look, he wasn't beating out Markstrom, but I'm talking about on paper, then I think the Flames would have had something to think about. It just doesn't sound like he did it. Now, I can understand the kid not being happy. There's not nothing else that kid can do in the uh, American Hockey League. He's been goalie of the year twice. He's been the MVP. But I think at his stage of where he is in the lineup where he is, he had to beat someone out of a job. And it just unfortunately, it doesn't sound like he did it. It's a good problem to have if you're the Calgary Flames. We all know that the it feels like the league is transitioning to a a mindset where you need to have at least two good goalies oh, to yeah. be successful. Yeah, been like that for a while now. And like, I mean, you can even point to Winnipeg, and we talk about oh, Connor Hellebuck's the the guy that starts seventy plus games. They they signed Laurent Brassois again this year. Laurent Brassois yep. was a guy that was really good with Winnipeg before he went to go get the Vegas job. Showed last year in the playoffs with Vegas how good he can be. I think that can be a, is a show that hey, we want to take some pressure off these guys that are getting a lot of the the line share of work. And, and we saw it for years here in Calgary, they could never like Kiprasov. He was his mode and like i think that age of the goalie is gone where the go- they just want to of course they want to play but i think just for the success of teams and the health of these teams 
to have two decent goaltenders that can lead you into a season, which it, what the Flames it can have make or break here. your playoff run. Exactly. If, if Vegas did not have a deep goaltending staff, like right they're not the they're not winning the, the Stanley Cup. They're not with winning. Robin yeah. Lehner and had all his crap. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, Vegas is already down to the like they're already hitting that goalie depth. The injuries mount up. Flames have been a lucky team with injuries the last few years. You never know what's going to happen. And yeah, having that luxury of calling a Dustin Wolf up. You better if you feel more confident in Dustin Wilson than Oscar Dansk. It could definitely make or break a season at times. <laughs> yeah. Like when when Aiden Hill got got the opportunity to to take the reins mm-hmm. in Vegas, there he was an unproven goaltender and at that Logan time. Logan Thompson's and, and another one, exactly. And he, he he made the most of his opportunity, and now he's probably going to be their starter or Logan Thompson, whatever lot, it is. But a lot gonna, of that could be the Cassidy system in Vegas and how uh-huh. they play. But it just feels like the NHL is the way in the NFL with the running back. It just feels you need to have a good amount of these guys to be successful that being do the job that being said with goaltending some teams don't feel the need to like splurge they on don't them want to spend, or, or spend money on them exactly yeah. I was 1.1 1. 1. 1. Yeah. 1.2 million between Talbot and uh who they got else they got there they got David Riddick in the system as well mm-hmm. but uh it's just it's it just feels like yeah, that, that's it's a good luxury that the Flames have they have two capable NHL goaltenders and I think around the league if you pull everybody they, they believe Dan Vladar is a starter can be a starter. Phoenix Copley, Phoenix Copley. Guy there you go. Los Angeles. There you yes. go. So, yeah, I'm 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 fine with it. He's waiver exempt. I know it's gonna. It, if anything, it's gonna motivate him more. And I know what else can he do down in the AHL? Win. Yeah. Win. I, play. Sitting on the bench here isn't really gonna do anything good for him. It's not. Gonna or even running three ready. goalies. If you were yeah, like, oh, we're gonna carry three goalies. No, you're not. No. That's just not going to get you NHL ready. I, I understand that he has nothing to prove, and, and he may feel sour about about going down there. But it, it, it honestly is just kind of just a tough situation for him, and he's mm-hmm. kind of just got to continue to prove that eventually he's going to be the number one and guy maybe, here, or and, at least the backup. And who knows? Maybe Tampa's like, I can't do this with Jonas Johansson and a guy who I literally I think is a is a is a is a PTO goalie. I've never even heard of. Um, <laughs> unless Tampa's like. We can't do this with Jonas Johansson. We need Dan Vladar. Here's a second or whatever. Sure. Or some sort of middle six forward. It's going to have to, you're just going to have to be a needle mover to get Dan Vladar out of here. I, I agree. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's totally fine. It's a good problem for the Flames to have. You're banking on Markstrom having a good, good ba- bounce back year. You get him 55 starts, and then the rest can be Vladar and Wolf gets a couple. V- Dustin Wolf's going to have at least five starts this year. Yeah, I was I about to say, say I was around the five to seven mark. I think it is yeah. single digits. I don't yeah. think he gets to ten, yeah. um, which is okay. Hey, I guess like it, like we could just keep saying here, it's a luxury to have a deep mm-hmm. goaltending staff, and the mm-hmm. and the Flames are one of those teams out west that have that luxury for sure. Uh, time, uh, it's uh, we're getting close to it. NHL season will open up on Tuesday, and everybody does predictions. Everybody's got their uh, who's going to win the heart, who's going to win the cup, <laughs> uh, who's going to win everything. But uh, that's what we're going to do right here for the next uh, fifteen minutes or so. Uh, GVP, we got some music. We're going to get a voice guy eventually to do this, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it's time for our NHL predictions. Mm-hmm. I sent you a little email there yesterday yes, with uh, how we're going to do this. Um, Give me your divisions. Like I showed you the division, like your Atlantic. Uh, like give me your my top three. Your, no, maybe not the the Atlantic, but like like yeah, I, like, let's just like the the playoff teams. My give me your, teams. your eight okay. in the East, your eight in the West. Okay, so uh, out in the Atlantic, I got I got the Toronto Maple Leafs winning that division. Okay. Uh, I think the Atlantic has regressed to some extent with with the Boston Bruins losing some key guys. I don't even think. I honestly think the Bruins could miss the playoffs this year. Mm. 
I like I said, I don't I don't like their center depth at all. I don't I don't think Pavel Zaka is a number one center in the NHL. Are they going to get the same elite goaltending they got last season out of Allmark and Swayman? I, I think they got good goaltending. I'm not sure if they're going to get the absolute elite stuff like they were getting last season. It felt like Boston's window to close or close out a championship kind of came to an end last season. It felt like it was an absolute run, kind of a last-ditch run for them. Uh, I, I think the Florida Panthers are a team that's going to be good in the Atlantic division as well. I, I got them in my number two spot. I think the Ottawa Senators are an interesting team. I think they can actually take a division spot here. Uh, I like some of the additions they made with uh, Corpusallo coming in net to you know, shore up that. Um, I think they're a young team that's on the rise. I think Brady Kachuk is a great player. Uh, I think that Sanderson contract was was really smart by them, locking up a young guy that's only going to continue to improve for them. I do like their back end as well. Shabbat's a great player, and I think Chikrin is going to really take another step forward this year. I got I got them as my top three in the Atlantic. Okay, your top three in the Atlantic. Mine will be, I think Toronto wins the division. I think it is, a, like I think we agree, it is a division that's maybe taking a step back. But we shouldn't say that as Buffalo and Ottawa and Detroit start to figure out what they're going to do. I think Buffalo and Ottawa How are How close right. is Detroit from the playoffs, you think? Still a couple more years, I but I think Detroit some is good still moves. farther off than Ottawa and Buffalo are. Yeah, sure. I, I would agree as well. Uh, so yeah, Toronto winning the division. I got Florida finishing second. I know they're going to be with maybe without Ekblad and Montour to start the year, but I think if you get back a healthy Aaron Ekblad, I think Sergei Bobrovsky uh, is going to get back to old Bobrovsky form. I like the forward group in Florida, obviously, with what Matthew Kachuk brought to that group last year. And, and obviously Alex Barkov, one of the more underappreciated guys in the league. So I, I got Florida coming in second. I still think Boston's a playoff team, uh, despite the loss of the two top centers. I think Zach will be okay. I think Charlie Coyle is going to be all right. Their defense is really good still. I think yeah. it's a top five group in the league. And and you're coming off the best goal. To, you have the two best goalies last year with uh, with the Williams uh, Jennings winners in in Swayman and and uh, oh my god, Allmark, Allmark, my goodness. Yes. Uh, but yes, I think Boston will be all right. I think they're going to be the third team. I like both the wild cards in the East coming out of the Atlantic as well. I think okay. Buffalo and Ottawa can both be uh, wild cards. I got Buffalo Atlanta. as a wild card team for mm-hmm. me. And then I, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be a wild card team as well. I I, I don't really understand how this whole Carlson Latang mm-hmm. thing is going to work. I'm not sure if they're going to be paired together and whatnot. I don't, don't know how their camp is going and whatnot, but it feels like th- this is an aging team and the, the Carlson and Latang thing, if, if they do try and pair them, I'm not sure if they will, but that, that just feels like we're trying to replicate uh, what we saw in San Jose with, with Burns and uh, and Carlson, and that clearly didn't work. I, I, I just don't know about the Penguins. I think they'll make the playoffs. They're obviously all in. It's their last run. They have a motivated Crosby. He said he was super angry about missing the playoffs last season. I think they'll be able to sneak into a wild card, but I'm not sure if they'll be able to take a division. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll might as well do the Metropolitan here. I think uh, New Jersey will uh, will be the top team in that Metro. I think Carolina will. I think the battle between New Jersey and Carolina this year will be fascinating. I think they might be the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, I, I think Toronto is going to be right up along with them in those top three. I, wor- I worry well. with Toronto's defense. Okay, but, that's fair. But I think New Jersey and Carolina, they're going to fight it out. I think I, I like New Jersey to win the President's Trophy this okay. year. I think New Jersey can win the President's Trophy. And Pittsburgh to be the third-place team in that met, in that Metropolitan. Too much, too much respect around that team. There's too much legendary figures in that locker room. Mike Sullivan is going to have Eric Carlson playing right. Okay. He's going to play him playing yeah. in, in the right 
frame of mind. I don't know. He's going to be on a bit more of a leash this season for sure. Yeah. Because he's not going to just be allowed to run wild like he did in San Jose. Exactly. He's going to have a little bit more defensive responsibility uh, in the Steel City. But I think Pittsburgh's going to be that third place team. I don't think any of the wild cards in the Metro, it's not great. I'm not a big fan of the Rangers, despite what Shesterkin can do. Uh, And that they just got older. Uh, with adding Wheeler and everything. The Islanders, they're a team that can be really bad, really good. And then the rest, Washington, Columbus, Philadelphia. I've got no faith in, in those groups there. So that's that's the Metropolitan. Me, me and you are mostly on the same page there. I, I do kind of believe in Shesterkin a bit more than you do, I, I would think. I think he's going to have a big bounce back here and maybe even get back to this, uh, the old Shesterkin that we saw mm-hmm. when he was a Vesna candidate and whatnot. So uh, I think they can actually move into that third spot, but... I, I, that could easily be interchangeable mm-hmm. with the Penguins as well. Uh, to the Western Conference, the Central Division, uh, it's a weakened division for sure. Uh, I've got Dallas, Colorado, and Winnipeg as my top three. What about you? I, I got Dallas. Um, what do we got here? Uh, Dallas, Colorado, and, and the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Winnipeg, I, they they kind of feel like coming into this season, like they, they've lost a bit of their core. Obviously, PLD going to La, Los Angeles and. Uh, Blake Wheeler moving on from Winnipeg. We kind of saw it here in Calgary. When you when you move on from players that were a part of your core for the long time, the start to your season can be dysfunctional, or even the entire season can be dysfunctional. I kind of see that from Winnipeg this year. Is Halibut going to be around for the entire season? That That's an unknown as well. I think Halibut is going to resign with Winnipeg, I think, honestly. In, in the end, of it, I think it's going to come down to it. Eight years, 9.2 mil, something like that. I think Hellebuck's going to be a Jet for life. Okay, so like, I I don't want to disrespect the Jets, but I'm just kind of wary about their start. No, I totally get all. that. Like, I get like, you 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 lose a big factor in PLD and and whether you know that's going to be a, a good thing or a bad thing. I think the players they brought in are are all right. They could fit this mode. I love the wingers in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. The, down the middle is going to be a problem because I don't think Mark Scheifele's a, a number one center in this league. It'll be a lot of pressure on Cole Perfetti, who got injured in his rookie year. There's obviously a lot of hype on him. Um, in, in Minnesota, like the reason Minnesota's why Minnesota's a like, team that could be interesting is they 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 could almost they've got a lot of players they can move to help their cap situation out if it kind of gets a little slow start there in Minnesota. It feels like they could get this is almost could be like a get out of jail free card for mm-hmm. them year if they wanted to. Obviously, with Minnesota, they. they this is a team that's been a consistent playoff team for a while, haven't made it out of the first round since 2015, and you've got a star in Kirill Kaprizov. Matt Boldy is a great player, yeah. too. He's a super underrated young and up-and-coming up player. Mm-hmm. And like I don't want I want to say that their goaltending is great by any means, but it's not terrible. Philip Gustin, Gustafson yeah. was solid for them mm-hmm. last year. Marc-Andre great Fleury can come exactly. in and steal a couple games here and there. So uh, I think they'll be able to get into that third spot, but I don't believe they're a contender by any means. Okay. Uh, we'll quickly speed through here. What's your uh, Pacific top three look like? Uh, my Pacific top three, I got I got the Oilers, Vegas, and our Calgary Flames. Okay. Uh, I've got the Oilers, Golden Knights, Kings as the top three. I've got both the wild cards also coming out of the Pacific. I do as well. Flames I got, and Kraken. I got Kings and Kraken as my wild okay. card spot. I just don't trust that goaltending. It like, is. It, I know it's going to be. Can you Cam Talbot is like, you know. Yeah. Vince Copley did not have a great year last year. And, I, and just the energy around the Flames. I feel mm-hmm. like that and everything, if everything goes to plan for Calgary, mm-hmm. on paper, they should be better than Los Angeles, I believe. Okay, uh, some awards here. What's your Stanley Cup final? 
I don't think people are going to like to hear this. Don't even don't say the winner. Just give me your final. Okay. I don't. Again, I don't think people are going to like to hear this, but it's a rematch of 06. I got the Oilers okay. and the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. You know what? I, I, I was humming and hawing on that one as well. I don't have the Carolina Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup final, mm -hmm. but I have the Dallas Stars oh, as okay. the Western Conference. Dallas Stars, my President's Trophy winner. Okay. Mine are the New Jersey Devils. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hart Trophy winner. Simple. Connor McDavid. Yeah. It's chalk, but it's chalk. It's easy. I mean, like. We're talking about An this guy potentially scoring 160 points. Him. Exactly. Like that, that's that's the MVP of the league. Exactly. Hands down. Uh, only an injury would probably stop him from winning the Hart Trophy. Uh, your Norris. Again, this feels chalk. If Kale McCarr is fully healthy and ready to go, I think he's easily the best defenseman in the NHL. He could get 100 NHL. points. I think so as well. Uh, I, a dark horse pick for this. If if I believe Dallas is going to have as good mm -hmm. as a season as they are, I think Miro Heiskanen can get into this conversation. He was only three points out of that second spot behind... Um, Quinn Hughes and uh, Josh Morrissey, I believe. Yeah, uh, he was eighth and he was finished seventh in Norris Trophy voting last year, which yeah. is uh, it was just insane because of the amount of like the points that came from the defense. Adam Fox, I think, was second. Uh, Morrissey, to... Quinn Hughes, Dougie Hamilton, Montour, and Dalene were all ahead of uh, Heiskin in, in scoring, but mm. there's obviously some ties in there. But yeah, I agree. I agree. If Dallas is going to be a good team, it's going to be on like Miro Heiskin, and he's the youngest of the defense. He's only 23 still. Yeah. So I like Rasmus Dahlin. Okay. I think this is the next great defenseman in the NHL. Like we've already saw a little bit of it last year. And uh, just the next one's coming in Owen Power as well. I think for Buffalo to take a big step forward, Rasmus Dahlin's going to take a big step forward. I think I like him in the Norse. I think he's going to be around an 85 to 90 point guy. Wow. Yeah. That, that's fair to say. Yeah. Buffalo, like you said, they're super young and up and coming. Uh, seems to like. A lot of they mm -hmm. they have a lot of offense coming off of that blue line. Dowling's going to be leading the charge. So Vesna, Vesna. Uh, again, I'm going to go to the Dallas Stars. I think Jake Ottinger's mm -hmm. the best goalie in the Western Conference. If they're a President's Trophy winner, he's going to be a big part of that reason, and uh, they're going to have to rely on him for a deep playoff run. So I, I think Jake Ottinger is going to win the Vesna. The comeback tour of Sergei Bobrovsky continues. I okay. think he's going to win another Vesna Trophy. Cement that Hall of Fame status a little bit more. Bobrovsky's interesting because he wasn't that great in the regular season no. at all. He was just he was damn really good, good in the, the playoffs. Yeah, he was damn good in the playoffs. But I think for Florida, he was pretty get, mediocre in the regular season. You can't season. have Alex Lyon dragging you out and dragging you into the playoffs. I think Bobrovsky's going to have a really good year uh, in Florida. Uh, your Robert Richard winner. See, I, I was kind of humming and hawing on this. I don't want to keep going Dallas Stars, Dallas Stars, Dallas Stars. So again, I'm going to go to the Oilers. I'm going to say Leon Drysettle gets 60 goals this season. Okay. That's something. That's a. That's a. A milestone he hasn't reached yet. His career high is 55. If we're talking about McDavid potentially wanting to go for 100 assists, it feels like he can about, just about do whatever he wants. Uh, I, I think Drysaddle is going to out outscore McDavid this season. I think he gets to that 60-61 marker. It's, a, it's, it's probably not going to hit, but I, I think he's going to have a 50-goal year. Maybe not maybe not the most goals. I think Timo Meyer oh, is about okay. to take off for the New Jersey Devils. I, he, he had 40 goals last year, getting out of San Jose. I think Timo Meyer's got 50 goals in him. Have that Swiss connection with him, Nico Heischer. Heischer's going to be his trigger man. Yeah, That'd be great. Or it's a, I guess it's the setup man, and he'll be the and then uh, Meyer will be the trigger man on that. And, and he'll be getting plenty of uh, power play mm -hmm. minutes too with Heischer, Jesper Bratt, D Dougie Hamilton. I want There's going to be I mean, you think yeah, yeah, like Jack Hughes would have been a, 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 a member, a possibility as well. I think I'm really like the New Jersey Devils this year. Uh, your Calder Trophy winner, Rookie of the Year. Again, I feel like this is chalk. Connor Bedard, I feel like this. Mm -hmm. I've, I've said it to you. Like I think he's on 40-goal watch. I think he should be a point-per-game player. I don't even think it's out of the question that he could get to 100 points. Hey, he hasn't, he hasn't been, did it. 
He, he has done it, yeah. yeah. McDavid would have been on that pace as well if he, he didn't uh, break his collarbone, yeah. I believe, in his first uh, Against Columbus. season. Yes, yes. Um, I, I feel like he's right among there as some of the best prospects we've ever seen. He's kind of been a little bit cold here in the preseason. He's shown some flashes. That but shootout I think, attempt last night. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think Connor Bedard is going to figure it out. It feels like guys who are just, just this talented figure it out. It's I gonna, think he's going to be just fine. I think Bedard wins it, but it's going to be a good race okay. between him, Logan Cooley, and Adam Fantilli. Kind of shades of 05 06 between Crosby and Ovi's run. I guess Dion Phaneuf was uh, the third place in, in that as well. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good race. I think Adam Fantilli is going to have a decent year, uh, despite, I think, Columbus being bad. Uh, Logan Cooley in, in, in Arizona, but Bedard, uh, it's easy. Yeah. Bedard winning the wrong, uh, the Calder. Uh, Jack Adams here. Uh, I feel like this is a bit of a hot take, a bit of a spicy take out of your boy, but uh, the Jack Adams always feels like a narrative trophy. Mm-hmm. Who's got the best storyline and whatnot? Who, who doesn't have a better comeback storyline than the Calgary Flames? If we have a great uh, season here, if we have a great start and we're able to get into that, that uh, a division playoff spot or even into that second spot, mm-hmm. I think Ryan Huska could be a candidate. It's a bit of a stretch. I understand no, that. No, it's fine. But hey. I, I think that First is... First year coach taking his team that, to the playoffs? Yeah. Definitely I, a nominee. I think so. Uh, I like Dan Granato. Don Granado in uh, in Buffalo. I I really like the Sabres as well. I think they're going to take another step forward with that group. Uh, Don Granado's the guy in Buffalo for me to win the uh, Jack Adams. Uh, but that, that'll do it for our predictions. Uh, I mean, not the greatest radio. Hopefully, everybody has the greatest uh, uh, seasons this year. Your fantasy drafts this weekend. The season gets underway on Tuesday. The Jeff Merrick Show is up next. Uh, that'll be it for us. We'll be back on Tuesday. Thank you to GVP. Thank you to all our guests, the Mayor uh, 37th Mayor Calgary, J- uh, Jody Gondek, Frank Saravalli, Ben Annis, and Daniel Nugent Bowman all joined us today. All those interviews are up on our podcast feeds. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the long weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Keep it locked right here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan.